0: Welcome. This is Plot Points Podcast. Market Cloud points podcast it is a slightly overcast uh easter morning happy easter to everyone and also happy passover to those uh of the uh the jewish persuasion i think passover started yesterday uh, the 20th but anyway um we are here to talk film and screenwriting and and not anything else although uh chris i think you and i have a uh, a breakdown on the Mueller report. Is that correct? You have a, you have a <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah. Mine's got a lot of black. Yeah. <laughs> on every page.
0: Yeah, I know. It's a, that's, that's because of your soul. Your soul is that color. So you're, you have the, you have the ah,
1: okay,
2: you have black that works.
0: soul. Yeah. This, uh, yeah. this, this other gentleman on the other end of the line, it's just me and Chris Stires, my buddy today. So hi, Chris. How are you? Well, happy Easter. Um, and, uh, how's everything going over there?
1: happy Easter to you and everything's going fine.
0: Good, good. Um, so Chris, uh, we are in, um, <clears throat> kind of an awards event season and we got the Newport beach film festival, uh, that's starting this coming week. It should be. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, so next time, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, next time we gather, I should have some information about that. I think that starts Wednesday or Thursday and, uh, OC Screenwriters always goes and does some reporting. Put it up on the website, ocscreenwriters.org. Yeah. Um, and um, it's a it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's had some troubles in the past, but it's been a good, uh, a really great venue. Especially, I like to go, especially to the college um, uh, showcases, uh, short films by students, because they're always oh. Yeah, they may not be technically, uh, you know, great, but they are definitely yep. interesting narrative-wise. Uh, so we'll ah, okay. you talk about those next next podcast.
2: <laughs>
0: are you watching anything lately that uh, that you want to chit chat about?
1: Oh, I, uh, Game of Thrones started for the oh, final season. Right. I'm 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 pumped up, and uh, I know. The uh, <laughs> opinions on the show have been all over the board, and especially from people who think it's getting too much attention, but I have been hooked on this series since the first episode, yeah, and, me, too,
0: me too, yeah,
1: and it's got some absolutely great characters in it
0: and, now are you uh, up to I'm, date on are you up oh to, yeah,
1: I'm, yeah yep
0: 'cause i I think the last show I saw was the red wedding which was quite a while uh, ago. So uh, I yeah. gotta, I got to get caught up. Um anything else you uh, you're taking a look at?
1: Uh nothing. I'm still looking forward to seeing uh The Green Dead... Book. Uh it's How about not The, the theaters anymore?
0: No, how huh? about The Deadwood movie?
1: Oh yeah, and that's coming up in May. Yeah. So uh. Yeah, so I'm pumped up about that too. That'll be some old friends coming back.
0: Oh, I love it! Yeah,
1: for one last bow.
0: Absolutely, yeah, they're uh, incredible uh, characters, and I, I can't yes. wait. Um, yeah, I'm watching. I I started. Okay, so I I started watching Ray Donovan and went through the uh-huh. first, the first uh, five seasons, uh, tore through them, and I I stopped after the episode two of season six. So I'm going to yeah. wait. Until season seven's released, and then watch the rest of it. But I started to watch a little a little comedy series, thirty five minute uh, half hour series called uh, Black Monday, with uh, Don oh, Cheadle, okay. Don Cheadle and um, Regina Hall. It's really uh-huh. freaking. It takes place in the eighties, and it's just over the top. It's really funny, and it's it's uh, it's a one season so far. I don't know if they're renewing it or not. But for instance, uh, like a typical dialogue is this one. New trader who comes into Cheadle's uh, <clears throat> office or um, company, yeah, is reporting back to his wife and he says, "I don't know what to do there." He said when I walked in, uh, the Cheadle character was masturbating to the greatest hits of WWE or something like that. And the girl and the woman, the wife, says he was masturbating in the office, and the guy says they all do. So it's like. Uh,
2: it's funny just really
0: just really disrespectful and it kind of centers around um i I, at least that's initially what they say is nobody knows why black monday which was the biggest stock market crash in the history of the world happened and then they say until now and then they they Uh. purport to tell that story backwards they say they start with 365 days until black monday and then as the series progresses it gets less and less time so it's 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 really interesting. It's a lot of fun. Oh, I thought good. it's on Showtime. Oh, okay. Yeah. So,
2: um,
0: yeah. So, <clears throat> Chris, I'm I'm uh, happy to talk to you today about you. Well, first of all, I want to mention. Excuse me again. <clears throat> we had uh, OC Screenwriters and OC Film and Television had a great. Uh, event on Wednesday, we had, uh, Lisa Kettle, who works for Disney Junior, as a uh-huh. uh, writer. And boy, did she knock the place out. She was incredible. Um, she was talking about, you know, being a staff writer, and, uh, she said, you know, it's possible they do, they either do 52 episodes per year. Or they do 52 episodes every two years. I can't remember what she said, but she said there's a, all, every possibility that you'll get assigned to write all 52 episodes. And she says it probably isn't going to happen, but I was really shocked. They're 11-minute episodes, but still, you would think. Oh, oh. okay. But, yeah, but, you know. Well, that's
1: you, a lot of writing.
0: Well, it's a lot of um, it's, it's a lot of right eleven pages or whatever it, it ends up to be isn't that big of a deal for either one of us we I know you can crank yeah. out when you have to, but imagine coming up with fifty two original concepts that's uh, that would be hard so yes anyway um I wish I had recorded her um i'm going to try to get her on the podcast down the road. she's agreed to do the podcast, but um, man, was she incredible i i just uh, she's she's young um and she's she's already got like 20 credits, 25 credits in animation. And she looks like, looks like she's just going to continue to, to rise. So yeah. But if you're in Southern California, specifically Orange County, wow, I don't know why I'm doing that all this time. Sorry. If you're in Orange County, um, you should you know check us out you can find information about these events at uh, ocscreenwriters.org or ocfilmandtelevision.com and sign up for the oh, newsletter and you can uh, you can find out what we're doing what we're up to it uh, it's been great so far so uh, check it out Um, Chris, you are uh, working on adapting one of your novels to the screen, and I know you've done it yeah. the opposite way—you've adapted a uh, screen uh, screenplay to your novel *Star Beast*. Uh, yes, but you've never tried it this way. Tell me a little bit about what you're finding out uh, through your experiences.
1: Well, there's a big difference between a novel and a screenplay. And it's more than just story in a novel. You can get into a character's point of view. You can get into their head. You can see what they're seeing and their opinions on it. Uh And it, it flows in a novel. If you do it right in a screenplay, you can't do that. You can't get into the character's head. Well, you could use voiceover. Well, there's, That, uh, but it comes down to when you're giving information, it suddenly it's dialogue, and if you're not careful, you got an info dump,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: which uh, you've got to. If you do that, you know you've got to make sure you know how to break it up so it doesn't sound like an info dump when you're giving information, and the other thing. was i gonna say um you know there's certain things you can do in a novel for example with uh love slash sex scenes Mm -hmm. that you couldn't get away with in a screenplay Mm. suddenly people would look at that and go okay we just got an x-rated movie and it's you know you shot yourself in the foot
0: well i don't know Uh, game of thrones pretty much (laughs) <laughs> uh, leaps over that sensibility the first episode had uh an inst- scene between uh you know an incestuous scene between brothers and sisters so i don't yeah I, I don't know if i agree with that but i get what you're saying there's there's a difference in what the screen will uh will, will right. support as opposed to a reader uh so
1: and you know there are different things you can do and i i caught I was just watching part of an old West Wing episode,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and the Toby um, character, Ziggler, yeah. he's, he's thinking. They're showing him thinking, mm-hmm. and you're going, how boring. They gave him a rubber ball mm-hmm. to be, while he's thinking, he's bouncing this ball off the wall.
0: Yeah, I, I actually remember it, that, yeah.
1: You know, and it's like, okay, misdirection. You know, you got to show people doing something. They can't just be sitting in a room. Right. And that and the novel I'm working on, it's part of a series all based around the same uh, uh, basic big arc. And I'm going, that won't work for this screenplay. Mm -hmm. I've got to redo that. Mm-hmm. So I've got to come up with different motivation for the villain to be doing what he's doing.
0: Mm, I yeah, and I find I think the reason that comic book movies, when they don't work for uh for whatever reason, have to revolve around the um, they they revolve around the problems with the villain. And, yeah, because in the comic books, it's fine to say you know eh, I want to take over the world, world domination, but. A lot of times adapting to the screen it's it's not quite the the free uh, tapestry that you have in other in print medium or in comic books right.
1: and stuff, so. well are, that and you can get away with some things if you play it right in a novel for motivation that if you you're right if you if you tried it in a screenplay people would go really mm. that's the best you could come up with mm. So, yeah, yeah it, it's an interesting process mm-hmm. to see if I can if I can do this and and if I do it once I'm done if I'm going to be sitting there looking at it going yeah yeah or I'm going to be sitting there going what the heck were you thinking yeah
0: well we'll 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 tap into uh, your process down the road and see how you're doing um, mm-hmm. I think you're probably going to find both a lot of fun and a lot of uh, you know uh, head scratching as to how you 're going to be able i've adapt i 've done this uh both ways um, yeah. but mostly adapting books to screen and it what I found is you just you have to go after the theme you have to go after the basic sense right. of what you're trying to accomplish and translate that because the rest of it won 't translate uh for the most part so yeah, yeah. all right uh, I want to also uh at this point mentioned that I have classes starting this coming week and also in May. Uh, My intermediate screenwriting class starts Tuesday. My podcasting class starts Saturday. And on May 2nd, my intro to screenwriting class starts, which is Thursday night. So it's, uh, it's, it's pretty cool. I'm really looking forward to this new semester at Orange Coast College. Community education. You can't find it through the regular college. You have to go through community ed. But um, check it out. And if you um, have any questions, you can go to plotpoints.com, which is the website for this podcast, and there's contact form there. You can reach out and let me know uh, what you need, what information you need. Or um, you can just type in my name, Mark Sevi, S-E-V-I, and you should be able to find me all over. There's also a uh, a website for the classes called scriptwritingclasses.org. So uh, check it out if, you, uh, if you're if you interested in in uh, having some fun and learning how to write a screenplay. Um, I think I've got a pretty good class for that. Been doing it for quite a while. So
2: um,
0: So, Chris, this week we talked about, um, we want to talk about, we, you and I had recorded a podcast a couple of weeks ago that did, just didn't come out. The audio was uh, unfortunately mucked up. And at that time we had our top five buddy movies, but we've, We've kind of got, expanded by a couple and also added the idea that it has to be movies and it has to be a buddy team. It doesn't have to be buddy movies. It's just, just a team. So go ahead and give us your top seven favorite buddy teams in movies.
1: Well, um, okay. I'm going to do this. And one of the hurdles I put in myself
2: mm-hmm.
1: was not to include Selma and Louise and Butch and Sundance.
0: which i
2: did that's okay
1: because no no, i mean because they're those are great buddy films but but i tried to come up with some that uh i think people would find more find interesting
2: okay go ahead
1: okay number seven i put in the buddy partnership of Clint Eastwood and Renee Russo in the line of fire.
0: Mm, Interesting. Okay.
1: And after that, I put in Gina Gershon Uh and Jennifer Tilly in Uh, bound.
2: Uh,
0: Bound. Yeah. That's, that's the Rokofsky siblings. uh, Not their first film, but one of their first films that got them noticed. They did. Yeah. Of course. Um, um the matrix it's, okay
1: yeah okay and then i found an older film that i want this is great and it's the jeff bridges character and the timothy bottoms character in the last picture show
2: oh
0: interesting yeah that's the one with their shepherd
1: yes that introduced her Mm-hmm. And they're high school buddies, and it shows what happens to them after high school.
0: Yeah, that's a good. That's that's a great. Yeah, it and was a, uh, Peter Bogdanovich uh, directing, I think.
1: Yeah. Yes, based on uh, God, why can I not think of his name? He's a great the, writer, the
0: um, novelist. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. Um, it's not. Uh, it's,
0: it's not McMurtry, is it?
1: Yeah, Larry McMurtry. Oh, okay. Yes. Awesome oh, some dove fame, but <laughs> okay. last picture show was one of his first novels
0: Oh, interesting, okay. okay all right
1: and then I put in Newman and Redford in the sting
0: oh that yes, definitely a great movie, a great pairing absolutely yes and this was after next, this was after butch and Sundance right
1: yes yeah and they and they got back together with the guy who directed butch uh-huh. and they did uh, and it's they had a, a great villain in that one.
0: That was uh, uh, what's his Robert name? Shaw. Yeah, Shaw. He's he's a good villain in many we talked about him in uh Bond. yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. yeah. Doc which, and uh, Jaws, of course. Yeah. Oh yeah, right. Okay. Then I went to a little more lighthearted. Woody and Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> in Toy Story.
0: Uh that's a great that's a great catch, yeah. absolutely.
1: Okay. And then I kept switching the last two between first and second, but mm-hmm. I, I went with Andy and Red in the Shawshank Redemption. Okay. And my top one at this point is Wyatt and Doc in Tombstone.
0: Oh, yeah. Wow. Who's your Huckleberry? Absolutely. Oh, man. Yeah. Great yeah that's a that's a great list and it is um it is unique I, I i you did change it from uh of course i think the last time we talked we we allowed tv but uh but those, yeah. those are really good mine in no particular order are men in black is the, the first one uh okay. true grit the one with um bridges and uh oh. Haley Stein, steinfeld um yes Dumb on Louise, which I still think even if you even if there, it's pretty much of a cliche, it's still one of the best co- uh, buddy films in the on the Well planet.
1: it's up in the classic buddy films.
0: Absolutely. List. As is Butch and Sun, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, which I still think yes. one of my favorites. Um I yes. also went with Rush Hour because I liked uh, those two characters a lot. And the movie Swingers. Um, which was written okay. by John Favreau and direct and also starred in it with um, uh, Oh God, it's all drink of water. I can't think of the actor. And then I, I bounced between when Harry met Sally seven and dumb and dumber, but uh-huh. I ended up with Terminator and um, no. Sarah. Okay. Con- yeah. Sarah Connor and Reese. Uh, I mean, you, you don't yeah. get much better than, than the future of mankind. I mean, it's, yeah, it's hard to beat that as a uh, as a team. So, um, yeah. somebody somebody will probably do uh, Terminator as a romantic comedy one of these days, I'm sure. So,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right, well, moving along. Um, those are great uh, great lists. I think any any of those movies, I think that either one of us mentioned would be worthy of your. You know, Saturday night viewing or or even yep. your Monday night viewing or your Tuesday morning viewing or whatever. They're they're all terrific films yep. uh, <clears throat> made terrific by writers who are also terrific. Um, yes. So at this point, Chris, I'm going to probably I'm going to do a, uh, I, I you and I had talked before the podcast about uh, Patty Chayefsky. And I had realized yeah. that I had never done a profile on Chavsky, and haven't done a profile on a writer for quite a while. So I'm going to do Patty Chavsky in case, I mean, some of our audience will know who he is obviously, and some will not. Um, And that's a, that's a, I think that's appropriate. I, one of these days we're going to, you and I are going to have to talk about, um, you know, how great art falls off, uh, especially in, in movies and stuff. And you don't, you know, I signed the movie three Kings to my class and uh, only about half of them had seen it. And it's a really fun movie. Alexa canceled. Yeah. It. Um, didn't I just tell Alexa not to bother me? I, sh- I swear I did. Uh, here she is bing-bonging me again. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> this is my profile on Patty Chayefsky. Um, I'm mad as hell, and I won't take it anymore. That's a quote from the Academy Award-nominated movie Network written by Sidney Aaron Patty Chayefsky and a phrase voters may come to embrace in 2020, no matter what your political stance is. Chayefsky was a playwright, screenwriter, and novelist, the only screenwriter to win three solo Academy Awards for Best Screenplay for the aforementioned Network and also Marty and Hospital. He was nominated for a fourth for the film The Goddess, starring Kim Stanley and based loosely on the life of Marilyn Monroe. Chayefsky was Jewish, born in New York in the Bronx, and that childhood shaped a lot of his work. He started in his high school newspaper, writing copy, and in college continued writing, but also pursued, oddly enough, a semi-pro football career. Chevsky won a Purple Heart in World War II, and while recovering from a landmine explosion, wrote several plays, which were then produced by the Army. One of those plays made it to London stage, and there began his playwriting career. After the war, and for several years, Chevsky wrote, but was not really successful. He moved to California, and then returned to New York without making an impact. Television was exploding, especially in the long form of like Playhouse 90 at the time, and men like Rod Serling and Gene Roddenberry were becoming sought after. Television drama was looking for dangerous, young, impactful writers to make a noise in order to compete against the movies, and Chayefsky was their man. This is a quote from Wikipedia, quote, In 1953, Chayefsky wrote Marty, which was premiered on the Philco Television Playhouse with Rod Steiger and Nancy Marchand." Marty is about a decent, hardworking Bronx butcher pining for the company of a woman in his life, but despairing of ever finding true love in a relationship. The production, the actors, and Chayefsky's naturalistic dialogue received much critical acclaim and influenced subsequent live television dramas. Chayefsky had a unique clause in his Marty contract that stated only he could write the screenplay, which he did for the 1955 movie, and won an Academy Award for it. That's end quote. Uh, one of Chayefsky's plays, Middle of the Night, debuted on television and then made its way to Broadway, where it was a hit. It also it was also adapted to television and was also a success there that led to other successes, both both on Broadway and in television. Chayefsky moved easily uh, to novels with Altered States, a chilling sci-fi thriller that was adapted to film. Altered States explored what lies deep within us. As far as I know, it was the first movie to feature an immersion tank and deal with the trip on psychedelic mushrooms, which the main character takes to embark on a journey of spiritual uh, inner discovery. But it was most likely Network in 1976, for which Chayefsky will always be remembered to this day. Network remains as valid as it did 40-plus years ago, predicting with uncanny skill and prescience a world where networks would begin to take shortcuts and push fake news and entertainment on their audiences. I'm sure writers like Aaron Sorkin and filmmakers Steven Spielberg and others were heavily influenced by Chayefsky's burning satire of our world, Gone to Hell, as I'm sure films like Meet John Doe influenced Chayefsky. Network was nominated for Best Picture but lost to the gritty and feel-good Rocky movie Rocky. That irony was not lost on anyone. It was nominated for Best Actor, Best Supporting Actor, Best Cinematography, Best Film Editing, Best Director, and Best Picture. It won Best Actor for Peter Finch, Best Actress for Faye Dunaway, Best Original Screenplay for Patty Chayefsky, and Best Supporting Actress for Beatrice Strait. Peter Finch died before the awards and was awarded a posthumous Academy Award for Best Actor. One of the interesting bits of trivia was that Best Supporting Actress Beister's Strait's screen time was only around five minutes. I think that's still a record. She won for five minutes of screen time. I think that's astounding. It is said of Chayefsky, Chayefsky, quote, he was an intellectual competitor, always spoiling for a political or philosophical argument or any exchange over any issue, changing sides simply for the fun of the fray. A liberal, he was annoyed by liberals. A proud Jew, he wouldn't let anyone call him a Jewish writer. In short, the life of the mind was a participant sport for Paddy Chayefsky. Chayefsky's work outlives him decade after decade and will continue to as long as the phrase, I'm mad as hell and not going to take it anymore, resonates with so many people over so many different generations. Paddy Chayefsky died in 1981. So, terrific writer, writer. didn't have a huge body of work maybe maybe 10 films and 10 plays yeah. and one novel um i mean what do you think what, how do you place him in the pantheon of uh of writers
1: uh, he's up there um and plus when you look at a film like network when it was done mm-hmm. how many things he predicted would come to pass exactly that we see on television now
0: yep absolutely yeah the um I mean that uh, Peter Finch's "I'm Mad as Hell" and and I won't take it anymore could be said by any generation, in almost any political climate in any country in in the world. It's it's amazing yeah. how much it still resonates. I'm sure, yeah. you know, liberals have a reason to say it. I'm sure conservatives have a reason to say it. I'm sure independents and libertarians have a reason to say it. It's 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 an incredibly um, I, I can't remember. I mean, I know that movies like John Doe, Meet John Doe and stuff had in it the seeds of that satire, but I, I believe Network yeah. really, really brought it to
2: a head.
1: Oh, and then you're right. It's been quite a while since I've seen Altered States, mm. and now you've got me intrigued to go see it again.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, anyway, um if anybody has any suggestions on writers we should cover or filmmakers, you can call us at 919 scripts and leave a message or you can go to uh, plotpoints.com um or org, or com. We're all over the internet, uh happy to take your questions, take your comments, take your suggestions, anything you want to throw out at us. So, um so at this point, Chris, let's talk a little bit. we got some Q&A going. Uh, let's talk, do a couple Q&A, and then we'll wrap this puppy up.
1: Okay. Well, Mark, I'm going to ask you to offer some suggestions on how you can spice up your supporting characters mm. so they don't become just placeholders.
0: Good question. Um, and that's a tough one. There's a fine line between spicing a character up and making him seem like he is... A, a writer's construct. Um, uh-huh. I've seen a lot of, I'm not going to mention the show that I just watched, but I couldn't tolerate it because everybody was a writer's construct, including uh-huh. the main characters. But um, yeah. like, for example, I just finished a pilot for a producer um, and I have a lot of characters in there. And what I did with them, one of them I made, uh, he was, he's six foot, 10, 10, you know, 400 pounds of uh, athlete and he's Cajun. So Mm
2: -hmm.
0: his, even though he's, you know, he's pretty much English speaking and all that stuff. I made him, I give him certain rhythms based on uh, his Creole language and also his Cajun upbringing. For instance, he likes to eat alligator fritters. Um, So, which, you know, doesn't really illuminate anything, but it does help uh, to understand him a little bit. Um, you know, with female characters or male characters who are of a certain age, sometimes it helps to give them a typical, what do, what do people in their forties worry about? In other words, you know, how does aging impact a 20 year old, a 30 year old, a 40 year old, a 50 year old? Those are always good, um, sensibilities to bring in. Like, I think, um, I particularly think that people who are beautiful, genetically blessed, worry more about aging than people like myself who are not as genetically blessed. I have a face for radio uh-huh. and podcasting, right? Um, yeah. So, so you can add those things, you can add those kinds of things to cause a, a character in their forties is different than a character in their thirties is different than their twenties. So age has a lot to do with it, but also that sensibility of what, what do people of the, that age worry about? Um, probably also background, has a lot to do with it. Like for instance, my main character in this pilot has a background of violence. He comes from violence. He's dealt with violence all his life. He responds um, to a lot of situations with violence. He's a nice guy and he's a good guy, but he is also more likely to punch somebody in the face than to talk him through something. So, you know, I created a whole background for him uh, that explains that violence. And as I work on the series, hopefully um, I'll get to explore him more, but it just was simple to come up with the background that explained why he was like he was. And then everything okay. I do with him, I filter through that, uh, through that background. So just a couple, that's a couple of things that I did with my series. Okay. Anything else?
1: Okay. Well, um, okay. You've got your storyline for your screenplay mm-hmm. and you've got your characters. How important is it to show that they have a life outside of the storyline, outside of what you're showing them doing? Is that's that important?
0: A, yeah, that's a great question. Um, I, I have this thing that I've noticed with my student work where they their characters only exist for their screenplays, and yeah. I'm not saying you should show the you know the main char- like uh, I'll give an example: Ray Donovan. Um, uh-huh he always carries a baseball bat in his trunk and he uses it quite frequently on people's heads. Uh, but every once in a while he goes to the batting cage and he just releases tension by, by hitting a ball. And so, yeah, you know, I mean, you know yourself, you get a, you get to, as a novelist, you get to do more with character and outside characters. But, uh, um, my biggest gripe about my students work is they don't show me the character at home. And I think yeah. that more than anything really explains what that character is about. And it doesn't have to be detail about furnishing. Like I have my main character in the pilot going home and I, I, I call his apartment well-appointed, but antiseptic meaning that he has no home life to speak of. He he really doesn't exist there. He it's a transitional place for him. And so even that one line hopefully speaks to who that character is Outside of what I'm doing with him in the main story, which takes place in a completely different world, yeah. Um, So yeah, I think it's I think it's vitally important. I don't think you have to know, you know, what did he do in sixth grade, and did he, you know, uh, did he lose his virginity as a junior in high school, or what? I don't think you need to know any of that stuff, unless it's pertinent to the story. But I think you have to constantly think through who your character is, and what he or she is doing beyond they're the world that you're creating for them to work in. Um, yeah. And I think that resonates really well with people. I, I think people like knowing that their characters have a, have a kind of a mundane home, like uh, Ray Donovan again, really great show by the yeah. way. Um, he's got a home life. Um, it's not a particularly happy or, or pleasant one. Uh, Cause he's, yeah. he's too flawed, but he's got kids. He's got a dog. He's got a wife. Um, you know, he's got a house. You don't see him mowing the lawn, uh, but but he does have a house in Calabasas, and they make a big deal about it being in Calabasas, meaning it's kind of a, a middle class existence, an upper middle class existence. So. Okay. Anyway, good question. Okay, I, we should probably wrap it up. We're trying to get shorter okay. on these podcasts, but uh, so we, I know, okay. I know, uh, I have a couple of script tips, and I'm sure you have another. Uh, you, I know you have another couple of questions, but let's let's just call it a day. And uh, you got uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> So um for for all of us here at Plot Points podcast and and my co-host Chris Styers, um I just want to say thank you for listening for your continued support on uh on, we're having a great time here on this Easter Sunday. Uh we are available through 919 scripts which is a phone number you can call and leave a message or suggestions or you know if you hate us just hey you can put that in there. I don't not that I give a shit but uh, go ahead. No, I'm kidding. Um and uh, also uh, plotpoints.com and ocscreenwriters.com and ocfilmandtelevision.org. Um, Chris, you have been just a great, uh, you know, part of my life for the last 20 years. I really appreciate your friendship and your scholarship and all the things you bring to our writing collaboration when you and I are working on something. You're a, you're a true, really, really solid a uh, man and human being, and I appreciate your friendship and uh, who you are. So thank you.
1: Thank you for inviting uh, me. I appreciate it. I'm hi. having fun with this. Yeah.
0: Yes. Good. Well, and also Chris has a, a new website called dot uh, that he designed yeah. himself, which is very attractive, very nicely done. Um, you, so you, have you, che- have you put up anything there uh, recently or is, is it still basically your books and stuff? You're not blogging, on, right?
1: No, I'm not blogging. It's basically my books, and um, I'm hoping to make some changes here shortly with, with a new one or two of them coming out, because I've got two that are due out, the two new ones this year.
2: Oh, wow, and yeah. One,
1: one, one of them uh, they're shooting for, which is one of the ones where I took the screenplay idea from, mm-hmm. is supposed to be out this summer.
0: Well, we'll we'll look forward to hearing more about that. It's uh, ChristopherStyers dot com. Um, yes. Chris has finally gotten religion and decided he needs social media and websites. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> about damn time, Chris. So, anyway, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I, I, I know I, I like bugging you because I know – because I'm cause at least in this, I, I am right, and you know I'm right. So I've been bugging you for yeah. years. Get your website back up. Get your website back up. and eh, 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 eh. Then yeah. he goes to one seminar, and all of a sudden it's, I need a website. Okay. All
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> well, what you have been telling me resonated finally. Finally. Like the light bulb went off.
0: <laughs> that one faulty uh, flickering light bulb up in that brain uh, crate case yeah. of yours finally went on. so. All right. Well, anyway, for everybody here at Plot Points Podcast, uh, we are a, uh, a, a, a kind of a side project of OC screenwriters. Um, to all my board of directors who, uh, who helped with the event on Wednesday, thank you. And to everybody else, be inspired, do good work. Thank you.